Welcome to the FFI Practitioner Podcast. I'm Jordan Rich. Today's conversation, how positive psychology can help family enterprises flourish. Featuring Dr. Doug Gray, a consultant with the Family Business Consulting Group and co-founder of Assess Next Gen LLC. He's worked with thousands of leaders in multiple business sectors, universities, families, and nonprofits. Dr. Gray, let's start off by having you define positive psychology. Academics disagree, you know that, and have for some time. Mm -hmm. You also probably know that psychology is a relatively new science, maybe 100 years of research. Positive psychology is only 25 years of research, and um, the phrase is attributed to a bunch of different people, but it's thought to be more American than uh, European. Does it imply the pursuit of happiness and smile sheets and, and such? And the short answer to that is no, it doesn't. It does, however, create an opportunity for us to ask, well, what's important in life? And the reason for that is uh, there was a triggering event in 1998, the American Psychological Association. Uh, Martin Seligman is one of the more prolific voices in the positive psychology research world. He, at the time, was the president and tasked with shifting the tide, literally. So 60% of the research prior to that in psychology had been on negative stuff that needed to be explained, anxiety, depression, violence. Thankfully, after global world wars and plenty of opportunity to conduct that research, we knew a lot as psychologists. Others looked around and said, well, should we really be focused on that? Shouldn't we instead, as, as social scientists, focus on what makes people flourish? How do we flourish? What are the conditions and variables that we might design into our world so that we could be a better Jordan Rich or be a better Doug Gray? I think if you were to ask most rational people, in families certainly, would they rather be flourishing than floundering? They'd probably say, I'd rather be flourishing. I want people to be positive and energized and happy and fulfilled. So family is a great place. Family business is a great place to, to see how this all comes together, Doug. Absolutely. It's, um, to me, no surprise that at around the same time, 25 or 30 years ago, this field that we're dancing in today, family business consulting, also emerged. And some of the earliest leaders were part of the Family Firm Institute. And they looked around and they asked, well, what is it that helps some businesses flourish and others not so much? And some of those variables included things like social harmony, durable social harmony. It's not like you and I and our kids are going to do well. It's we might persist and we might maybe take the best strengths from this entity or this organization. So it's perpetuated over time. And I want to be clear, this isn't a fluffy direction. We're going to flourish because we want to flourish. Seligman and others looked around and, and they actually found five clumps of research. It's kind of easy to describe if you, if you think of your hand. One is more subjective and the other four are more objective. And these were clusters of research that they then used. PERMA, P-E-R-M-A is the model. And the P stands for positive emotions, which is the subjective one. To what extent is, is Doug uh, pursuing positive emotions in this world? The E is engagement. To what extent am I uh, experiencing flow, that state when balance and challenge are balanced in some manner? And uh, flow, by the way, doesn't just happen on a tennis court or a basketball court. It happens in our work life and <laughs> our emotional relationships, mm. which leads to the R, a cluster of research about relationships that looked at the quality and the quantity of those relationships that lead to flourishing lives. M is meaning. What provides meaning or purpose for Jordan is different than what provides meaning or purpose for Doug. Thankfully, there's about 8 billion answers, I suppose, to that question, what's meaningful? And that leads to A, which is accomplishment or achievement, how we pursue those activities that help us. The point, if there's five different clusters of research 
you could pursue the engagement question in family businesses and somebody else could pursue the relationship question in family businesses and next to each other we're both supporting that notion of how do we create flourishing family businesses i think that's uh, we're talking about today the title of your assessment plan the leadership 360 assessment process for family business and the question that comes up early on in the uh, prospectus that i've been reading how does the individual fit into this structure? How does the one person who has to meld with everybody else to be successful fit in? And you write, family enterprises are more complex than any other type of business. Therefore, the theoretical model describes the complex relationships of these five systems. And then you go into much more detail. But what a, a laboratory to explore how this is going to work. Not only that, it's um, a complex, messy sy systemic laboratory. Yeah, I think you're onto the central question. How does the individual fit in an organization? Particularly, how does the individual fit in a family enterprise? Isn't that the backbone of social psychology? Isn't that the backbone of industrial organizational psychology? Isn't that the backbone of parenting? <laughs> <laughs> the reason we started this assessment research in part was because we saw a market opportunity. Kent Rhodes is my co-partner and founder, co-founder. He said Pepperdine and Malibu, California. And we looked around and we realized that 360 assessments are used broadly in publicly traded companies, and we know them to be the most valid form of assessment. Why? Because if you ask 20 people, what should Doug do? 20 people have 20 different opinions. And out of the 20, or whatever number, there's probably a theme that's going to emerge. Doug ought to start doing this, stop doing that, and continue doing the third thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what social psychologists have been asking for years. Many of us in, in our consulting work or advising work ask those three questions. However, many family systems can't deal with the answers because they've never been taught how to take that data. <laughs> if, for instance, somebody says, Doug, I ought to do this, but 20 years ago that somebody said something to my wife that I found <laughs> negative, we have long memories and consequently we'll avoid that person's feedback sometimes or we'll avoid saying whatever. I think that's a massive opportunity. Talk about a messy system. It's a massive opportunity for all of us to get better at communicating the data we need to share. And in 360s, there's typically quantitative and qualitative data. Qualitative is those three questions that I just mentioned. If we've got 20 raters and I send an email invitation and I ask them to each provide 15 minutes of commentary on a leader named Nancy. And, and Nancy's uh, maybe going to get a 50% response rate. Now I've got 10 people commenting on Nancy. And then I've got my notes and I've got their written notes, I have that material, which I then parse and edit and carefully digest so that Nancy can hear it well. In addition, there's 50 quantitative behaviors in um, an organized model. It's called a theoretical model because we're a couple of academics, Jordan. We've got to have a theoretical model. <laughs> of course. And it course. starts with what you just said. What is the individual? How does the individual fit in that organization? Most of us focus I think too much on the roles of family and business and ownership because they're important and we know them well. The fourth role is endemic to all of my clients. They've got to be high on what's called a learning organization. To what extent are they willing and open to, to learning ab about any new behaviors? So we quantify that and we started with a big sample population and we narrowed it down to 50 items. This is um, a model, the idea of 360 assessment, that people in the business world, and these are the people we're talking to and about, have a pretty good conceptual idea of. What you're doing is adapting this process to personality 
in a family, something that may not have been done in the past, it's easier to grasp hold of something you're sort of familiar with. Are you finding that to be the case? Yes. Results have been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I use slightly different words. We're not looking at personality. We're looking at behaviors, and we're looking at five right. types of uh, behaviors. So mm -hmm. we, we know empirically, um, based on the sample population and the validation process for this study, that we had 50 questions on what it means to be in a family based on our research and what we thought was important, and we narrowed those 50 down to 10. Same thing with business and ownership and learning and self-raters. Uh, so we're not really looking at the personality of family A or family B, though that's an interesting idea. That's not what this is customized to do. Instead, we're looking at how uh, that individual can determine what behaviors they need to adopt in order to step into that system. It's a messy system. It is a messy system. That's why it takes organization. You've got something called the process steps. You've got the foundation, the people, and the plan. Who are the champions here in the people section? And then I want to talk about the raters and the advisors and their role. Yeah, you're drawn to that people portion, aren't you? Sure am. <laughs> that that uh, template, that image was actually inspired by an article in, in Harvard Business Review. So they get... Um, there's so many models out there. And I, I think it's important to state that Kent and I took what we knew to be true in our consulting expertise, as well as what we thought might simplify the conversation for others. So the people are critically important. Family champions is a term and a phrase that a couple of my colleagues, Josh Knott and Greg Greenleth, have written quite significantly on, on the topic. But a champion in this engagement often is the person who's supportive of the learning process, whatever that means. So it could be an older person who wants to know if they're rising or next gen has the capacity to step into that role. One of my colleagues, one of the earliest assessments that we did was um, with somebody, a woman who she thought was ready to go. Her consultant thought she's more than ready to go. Her family wasn't ready to embrace that idea. So this for them validated the fact that this leader was certainly more than ready to step into those shoes. I think that external validation is critical uh, often, and it deepened the engagement, and that consultant was able to do a lot more work. So that's the champion idea, the person who initiates this process. The Raiders, seven different groups. We know that the ownership group is the most influential. So if Uncle Bob is both a, a family member and an owner, We'll ask them to contribute in this process as an owner in that category. Board, if they have a board. Managers, if they have managers, peers, direct reports, and family and friends. One of the things we learned early on is that family and friends accelerate the careers of each of us. You know that to be true, Jordan, when you look in the mirror and you look around. I'll tell you that when I've interviewed people participating in this process, oh, they love to be included some 50% of the employees in a company might be included, but the family seemed to really love being included. So one person said, uh, I'm really happy my husband invited me on this list. <laughs> well, I think there's something to be said, if I can just interject, uh, about the fact that it's an open process, that it, it, there's an invitation to communicate. And so many times people are fearful of whatever uh, or just don't feel comfortable starting the conversation. This is a great way to jump into the conversation. It is, in fact, some of the negative history of 360s is that they were there for developmental purposes. How do you fix Doug? Sign him up for a 360. 
That's not where we're coming from. We're coming from the opposite side. How does the family business flourish? This is all part of positive psychology. And to me, it's an example of how we can help individuals flourish. How much of the success of this has to do with the empowerment that people feel, the, the fact that they can contribute to a solution here? Uh, the word empowerment is often used as, as a counterpoint to power and influence. So psychologists also like the word agency. Mm -hmm. And I think agency is more accurate to describe this process. It could be that the younger generation is the champion of this process. Why? Because they have never had an opportunity to prove their capacity. Let me give you an example. I've got a client in uh, Virginia with uh, five mid-level uh, mid mid managers. Two are family, three are non-family. So we've got two versions of this process. And the owners, and I'd worked with them for a year and a half, and um, one of my FBCG colleagues works with the family, I work with the business. So it, it's a very nice team engagement. But the owner said, uh, we're preparing for a year of transition. We know the president's gonna leave, the CFO's gonna leave, they're gonna stay involved as advisors, but they're no longer gonna be on a day-to-day -day basis as involved as they have been. So. We want to school up these five people as quickly as possible. Can you do a 360? I've heard in a Vistage group that that's a pretty good idea. We said, absolutely. And then he said, how quickly can you do it? So of course I asked, how quickly do you want it? And within six or eight weeks, we, we completed the whole process. For those five leaders, it was profoundly valuable because it's specific behaviors that enable them to identify the what they need to do and directionally with whom. For instance, if you think your score is high on a certain behavior, like uh, communicating the family's values, but your direct reports say otherwise, and the gap is 1.5 or whatever, that's a direction that I can work with and that leader can practice immediately. The directionality and the specific focus on behaviors is really the key here to change. And I should mention that business was trying to grow 40% year over year and has for multiple years. <laughs> so, That's a nice, a nice button on the story. Absolutely, Doug. I'd like you to address, before we run out of time, the role of the advisors in, in this process and what you specifically have done to assist advisors logistically making sure that the 360 process works, the assessment works. The role is critical and it depends on their experience. I see this tool as a way to deepen any engagement with a family system that needs that next step. It's not a one and done or superficial process. It's not a thing that you might do quickly. Some of my FBCG colleagues have implemented it quite quickly and with very little instruction from me. Others have required uh, lots of Zoom sessions with Doug, two or three hours over the course of that engagement. I think that's normal. So if anyone's interested in that process and they have less experience with 360s, this could be a great tool for them. And, more importantly, it could be, I think, a tool that a family office could embrace, a wealth advisory or an estate law firm could embrace, a DE&I initiative could embrace, somebody who's looking for specific tools to help develop the next gens. These folks are better educated than any in history. They're older, they're healthier, they're living longer, and they're patient. Some of them are in their 20s, others are in their 50s. <laughs> mm. What does that mean? To me, it means they need to know what to do next. And this is but one tool to help people flourish. And the knowledge and the gathering of data 
has been immense over the last 30 years, and now it's being put into practice, which has to make a lot of people feel good. People in your field, anyway, have to be very confident that there's data to back all this up. Trending up and to the right, Jordan. Always collecting more, <laughs> never enough data samples. And for people who want to find out more, what would be the best place on the web to look? Probably assessnextgen.com is a good resource. Doug, thank you for your time, your expertise, and all of the positive information you've provided today. My pleasure. Glad to be a resource for anybody. Our thanks once again to Dr. Doug Gray for this conversation. FFI's mission is to be the global network of thought leaders in the field of family enterprise. Now, to learn more about FFI membership, the Family Business Review, and the October Conference in New York, go to www.ffi.org. For more information on FFI Practitioner, go to ffipractitioner.org. I'm Jordan Rich. Thank you for listening. <laughs>